Shumai Kroiso and welcome to a new episode of a Club Pill Droids Cymru Premier podcast. Arriving in your favourite podcast apps a little later this week as we were all busy watching the men's national team on Wednesday evening. This week, Jordan and I are joined by Jamie Thomas and we discuss Wales Sea and last weekend's Cymru Premier fixtures, including the late drama at the Oval on Friday night. Shumai, Ivan Gwilym here with the Club Pilljoy's Cymru Premier podcast. The league is back. Well, most of the league anyway. We did have one postponed game. We'll be discussing the five games from the weekend in a bit. But first, to introduce who's joining me this week. As usual, I'm joined by founder of a Club Pilljoy, Jordan Jones. Jordan, you've got exciting news about the Club Pilljoy family. There's a website, there's a podcast. What next? Now there's a YouTube channel as well. So in partnership with... Chris Stonehenge, who's first year at the USW Sports Journalism course. Of course, I was on um, for the last three years. I'm working to make a YouTube channel with him now. We're going to make content similar to what you see on HITC, similar to what you see on TIFO Football. So this will be about features on the Welsh national team. There will also be on features on doing the Welsh domestic game. As well, so it's just taking our content to another level, really. We're predominantly a website, but from the launch of the podcast this year, something that was always an ambition and a dream of mine to have content on multimedia platforms, on iTunes, on Spotify, and now a YouTube channel. The page is going from strength to strength, and more people are getting involved, and that's what we want to see. Welsh domestic football and Welsh national teams being covered the way they should be. Great stuff. And Jordan and I are also joined by a special guest. And this week, it's Anglesey's finest, Jamie Thomas. How are you, Jamie? Checks in the post, Stephen. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> and i just say as well, Jordan, I mean, Cliff Holdroyd has been amazing, you know, and you, you deserve an awful lot of credit for the way you've, you've driven that forward, with a lot of other people as well, obviously. But the, the way that's come forward over the years, I think it's a credit to Welsh football. So, you, you know, you, you should be proud of that. Thank you, James. That's nice to you, your great podcast as well, over the course of the summer, keeping everyone on their toes and just giving us a bit more insight into people. And that's why me and Ivan have followed in your footsteps, if you will. We're trying to get to know more people in the league now. And obviously, it's just great to have more content on the league. Mm. Yes, as Jordan was saying, listeners may be familiar with your voice, Jamie, from the Getting to Know podcast published by the Cymru Leagues during the lockdown. You kept us going during that tough time. Uh, how did you enjoy recording those chats? Well, firstly, I think I have to say a big thank you to everyone that was involved in it, really, because uh, as much as people must have enjoyed listening to it, I, I it kept me sane, you know, having <laughs> something to do every week in, in lockdown uh, beyond the, the, the usual day job and so on. Um, but no, I thought it was really good. Uh, it's a series we started about a year ago, maybe 18 months ago, but we, we never really got it going. Yeah. And then the, the lockdown was just a chance to, to really, really push it. And I think it went well. I think we got a good range of guests on there with a variety of backgrounds and stories to tell. And and yeah, you know, it's something we're looking to continue, but uh, uh, life's got a bit more normal since then. <laughs> so finding the time's a bit harder than it was. Well, listeners can still listen back to that, obviously. Uh, for anyone who wants to go back, hasn't listened before, who, who's your best, who's your favourite interviewee? It's a tough one because I don't think you've asked me this before, actually, but um, it's tr- it's tricky. But the standout one for me was probably uh, Alex Samuel, uh, who's a Wickham Wanderers uh, forward. Um, started Aberystwyth, actually cost Aberystwyth three points on his debut after they won the game because they played him when he was too young to be officially registered. So they lost three points afterwards. Um, lovely guy. He uh, really keen to tell his story about the league, um, uh, how he came through the league, should I say, and went on to do what he's done. 
uh, and just a great story from him. But everyone was fantastic, you know, and I, I really enjoyed speaking to all of them. Christian Doidge and Mike Wilde, Aaron Edwards, uh, so many people. It was really, really great. Jordan and I have been meaning to speak about Wales Sea in recent weeks as well. And what better time uh, than with you here, Jamie? You've been involved with Wales Sea in the past. What can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, so I was media officer for them, I guess, in the in the Salford iteration of Wales Sea. <laughs> um, what an experience, you know. I think I've been in Paris the day before the squad met up, uh, where they played Bala. And uh, it was really interesting to be at breakfast the next day when the Barry and the Ballard players were interacting. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we'll get you next time and all this. Um, but a really great spirit in the group, you know, um, from the staff and everyone involved. And um, really inspiring, actually, to see that outlet for domestic football, I think. And I think the, the impact it's had has been, I don't think you can really put it into words how big an impact it's had on the domestic game. It's given everyone something to fight for. Doesn't matter who you play for, doesn't matter what situation you're in, you know you've got an international cap to fight for if you're in good form. And uh, I think it's added a lot to the league and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, Jordan, how, how much do you think uh, the Wales Sea game uh, has helped the Cymru Premier, not only the players involved, but the clubs as well? Massively, I think. Attending the game against England, and well, both of them actually, it's just something about it as well. As a, as a journalist, you're meant to remain neutral, but... <laughs> Me and Tom Pritchard attended the game at Salford and when the goals went in, we started celebrating. And that's <laughs> the only time really when I've reported on a game that I've actually like shown a bit of passion like, and I've had to because it's just, it's more the stories that you have associated with them. So it's, it's been a similar situation where I've, I've followed Met for so long and then I've seen them go through the heartbreak as such and then qualify for Europe. And it's the same for Wales Sea where you see these players playing for their countries, they're singing the anthem, and it's just something about that. Add to that as well, how nice of a man Jonah is as well. He's the most accommodating guy going as well. And it's funny, actually, because he, he rang me up and he said um, that we've got a penance from the game, from the first ever game. He was, he's offering to give that to me just as like a, a token for that because of how good we've been with him over the media coverage. And it just shows how great Welsh football is when you're having a fixture like that. And it's against England, it's against the old rival. And especially last year when we got the results as well, it just it just made for a great story. And it was such a shame that this year it didn't happen because I think that would have probably been the best one yet. Kynarvan, being held at Kynarvan, hopefully over a thousand fans would have been there and it would have been a great strong squad as well. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but hopefully we can see it in the near future because I just absolutely love Wales Sea. Perfect. Um, I agree with what you're saying about Jonah, but I'm glad he's not here to record this because I'm sure he wouldn't want to give anything away. But I think we've obviously been uh, thinking about this already. If there was a a, a squad announcement, uh, obviously it looks unlikely that we'll have a game anytime soon, but if there was a squad announcement soon, Jordan, any newcomers you'd expect to see in the squad if there was a game in the next month or so? Well, I had pleaded the case for Jack Wilson actually to be in the Wales and the 21 squad from half West County. And mm. it was, came with mixed reaction. But for me, I think having him in the Wales C squad would be great. Uh, he had a good return and he was scoring against the higher class teams in the league, your Ballers and your TNSs. So w- why not? I would like to see Jack Wilson in the squads. There, there are a few players, obviously, because of how the game was cancelled, is that Leo Smith and Will Evans are uncapped players. So they're new players into the team as well and 
Danny Davis has been a great sign for Connors Key this season as well. So I remember that the last two years, it's been somewhat of a dilemma because the left-back position has probably been Wales' strongest position because we had Chris Hugh and we've had Callum Roberts and then Kane Owen was in the squad for this year's and we were debating about Nathan Craig being in that squad as well. So it just shows how good a position that was as well. But yeah, that, Leo Smith, I, I believe it was, there's a discussion that he stayed with the new, stayed in the Premier Premier and joined the nuisance because he wanted to play for Wales so much. And that just shows how big of a deal it is to these Camry Premier players. When you say about the left-backs, you, you didn't mention Naimar San, who was in the first squad as well, who's still playing well when Druids actually do get games. Uh, Jamie, has uh, Jordan forgotten anyone big? Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the guys that were picked but weren't capped because of you know how things transpired. And I think, if anything, it might have made them more hungry, you know, knowing that they were so close to getting to, to that point and playing for, for Wales C and then having to wait a bit longer. And boy, have those guys developed in the time since as well. I mean, you look at Will Evans now. He's always been a very good player at this level, but he's turned into a different animal since he's gone to Bala in particular. I think he's one of the premier forwards in the league now for me. Um, and yeah, it's it's exciting. You know, there's guys who've been in the league who've been performing well since the, the C squad returned who haven't had a look in, you know. You, and you feel sorry for them in a way as well because there's always constantly new talent coming into the league, which is great for us. But you wonder when you, you're like to be Chris Bakers and, and you know, your Kyle McCarthy's, I guess, as well, are going to get a look in and, and people like that, you know, Chris is a phenomenal midfielder, but that midfield position is so, so hard to, to, to decide. It depends what you want from your players, doesn't it, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's a lot of options out there. And we know Jonah, don't we? He's got his finger on the pulse. So anybody who's performing well will uh, be in with a good chance of getting in. We'll move on to uh, last weekend's fixtures then. We'll look back at the games. Live game on Scoria was uh, TNS versus Barry Town United. TNS won 2-1. And to refresh your memories, Michael Davis uh, has a summary. He was there for a club pill droid. All finished here at TNS as the Saints win 2-1. Goals from Louis Robles and Greg Draper sealed the victory. Nat Jarvis got a goal uh, for Barry Town, but it wasn't enough uh, to get them back into the game. Both keepers made great saves, Paul Harrison and Michael Lewis in the second half, um, to keep the score down for both teams. So, Barrytown not able to sneak another late comeback at Park Hall. In the reverse fixture, Jordan, uh, TNS ran away with the second half. Was this a more even contest, do you think? Yeah, d- definitely. I think, as we mentioned in their first performances, that they went over to toe with TNS in the first half, and then it was just a dominative performance from TNS in the second half. In the second game, it was more Barry didn't really come into life until they conceded that second goal. But when they did concede that second goal, they really, really took the game to the new sense. And it was so unlucky not to get anything out of that as well. So if anything, it, it just shows that those players gave everything that they could. And Jonah mentioned before how the fitness levels are improving in the league. And I think that's the most important thing in the league is that more teams are being able to try and match the new Saints' full-time schedule with it in their mindset of playing and training for a game is that they're ready for that and now more teams are getting up to that standard. Some teams have conceded late goals to the new Saints and it's heartbreaking for them but more teams are being able to match the new Saints for their fitness in games now it's only going to benefit the league. 
Yeah, well, e- even though pe- the people are, are trying to catch up with them, Jamie, they're still very ruthless. They're winning those ugly games like they did against Connors Key. Um, finishing second last year, obviously not good for them. But do you think it's been a kick that's going to benefit them in going forward for the next few seasons? I actually went to their training session before Europe um, to do a feature for the for the league on on how things were going and and so on. And I've been to a few of their training sessions over the years under under different coaches and and different coaching setups, if you like. I've never seen them more ruthless and more sort of determined to do to do well. Uh, than they were in that session. It's almost like there was a banner hanging over the ground saying, "Someone else won your title, boys! Come on!" You know, they were they were really really at it. Um, <laughs> I think I think that you know we don't we've run out of superlatives to describe how good they are, haven't we? Their, their, their quality is well known. But to touch on on Barry as well quickly, I think I think what we've got to appreciate about them and and particularly Cardiff Met as well, I guess, is how quickly they've risen. You know and and how long it takes most teams to Bala as well a few years ago obviously but more recently Cardiff and Barry how quickly they've risen and how much they've improved and you know how hard it is to to do what they've done you know maybe they're not there mixing it at the at the top yet even though they were close a couple of years ago but just how much they've improved in five or six years they, they deserve an awful amount of credit for that and uh, yeah it's, they're, they're great stories as well aren't they and we're seeing the same I guess with Swansea Uni now. weekend started uh, on Friday um, and there was a, a lot of drama on the Oval. Uh, Carnarvon won, Connors Key 2. Mike Hayes opened the scoring for the home side before Michael Wilde equalised for the reigning champions. But all the drama came late on with controversial penalty converted by Callum Morris. A red card for Sean Bradley with a foul as the last man and then three red cards following a fight in the centre circle after a challenge from Paolo Mendes on Aaron Edwards, including red for Lewis Brass, Nomad's keeper, who made his way to the action from his own box. Jordan, what did you make of all that? It's brilliant entertainment, and for the wrong reasons in a way. Um, the league had an increased amount of coverage. I saw a number of like massive pages on social media with like hundreds of thousands of followers, like trying to like take the snippets from it. And you can see Lewis Brass, uh, and for the wrestling fans that know us, he's done a D-generation X thing, which means to suck it. So even though there's no fans in the ground, he's done that as a volunteer as a club. So <laughs> it's not how you should really be conducting yourself in a way, but it just adds to a bit of drama, I think. And I think really, like Andy Morrison has said, that he'll discipline the people that he needs to. And it was just a moment of madness as well. Just, Watching the live blog and then seeing everything come in, I was, I was amazed. I sat in my living room just looking at it. I was like, what is going on? There's so many red cards going on. And obviously you get the video footage from Scorio and even now Callum Morris' penalty is being debated as such. The Kynaben fans feel like it isn't a penalty. And I've seen another footage and I, I feel like there is contact, but it's not too much contact. And then the red card... The red card you can't really look too much into because there's that one camera angle mm. and you can't really work out if it's a stamp or not. But I have to say it was, it was great entertainment, but unfortunately now Connors Key are going to have their hands tied behind their back when they've got players missing due to suspension. There's been other players missing due to other reasons. And that's already one of the smallest squads in the league as well, as well as so much entertainment at the Oval. <laughs> it's just the Camry Premier for you. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? On that penalty, I, thought, I, I, 
I thought the incident at the end was it goes without saying it was it was incredibly disappointing. It took away from what was a really good game. I, I thought, um, and you know, I, I spoke to um, Gaz Edwards earlier today for the for the piece I got coming out later this week, and you know, he said how how tough it's been for them this season for preparations and stuff like that. You know, it has been really difficult for the the semi pro or part time teams, whatever label you want to give them. Um, but doesn't that game show just how they can mix it with with the with the better sides, you know? And they've constantly shown that to be fair to them. Can have, and doesn't matter what level they've been at, they've always been ready to mix it with the big boys. And uh, that should have been the story for me coming out of the game. But unfortunately, it was it was uh, tarnished, wasn't it, by uh, some silly decisions. Let's put it that way. And I, I, when I say silly decisions, I mean by the players more than the officials, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I was at. Uh... Kinkoid doing that game, uh, Met, who are hosting Aberystwyth. I was trying to explain what had happened in the game at Carnarvon to Christian Edwards. It was very difficult, though, uh, trying to see flash scores because it said four red cards. I could only see three, and it just they were all at the end. What happened, I don't know. I still don't quite understand how things escalated so much. But uh, the game at the Met was uh, it was one all, a fair result, really. Um, Met had the better of the first half, but Aberystwyth had all the chances, um, the better chances anyway, as, as the highlights show. Uh, they took the lead, Aberystwyth, in the second half. A really good goal by uh, Mark Williams, but um, some suspect defending by Aberystwyth uh, from a corner gave uh, Ashton Ajibola lead the equaliser in his, in his uh, first league goal. I, I think with Met, I mean, we, we, we were obviously there... Uh, a few weeks ago now, uh, Ivan. Yeah, the Flint and, game, yeah. Yeah, the Flint game. And, you know, they, they've had a bit of criticism this season, haven't they? Because they're, they're not where people think they should be or or whatever. But, you know, the, the problems they have were as clear as day to, to you and I when we were there the other week. You know, they had, and it was stood right behind their bench, which was the injury list, I guess. You know, you, I, I know some of them are back now, but back then it was your, your Elliot Evans's, your Emily Lewis's, your... Harry Owens, Gitta Williams, uh, Chris Baker was out that day. Uh, Chris is going to be out for a, for a sustained period as well. And, you know, as much credit as, as Met deserve for what they've done over the years, you know, this is where they're going to really find it difficult because they can't recruit like everybody else can. It's just not in their, it's not in their framework, if you like. I mean, they can innovate and work with academies and so on, which they've tried to do this season. But even there, they've been unlucky with COVID and injuries and whatever, you know. But um, I do think when they get it together and they get their strongest 11 or, you know, their strongest squad together, they're going to climb that table quite quickly because the talent they've got there is is, is very good. You know, on that day in particular, the, the two fullbacks ran the game from centre midfield, didn't they? You know, uh, Dylan and Kyle, once they moved into the, the sort of six and eight positions, they took over and uh, it was only one winner from there on. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting how the shape the Met have played has evolved during the game. Quite often they start with three at the back with Dylan Reese um, and Trigger Morgan maybe as wing-backs and then Dylan Reese coming in to the centre mid and Joe Evans moving to the right-back position. It's been quite interesting to see how they've adapted mid-game, which is something I don't think we've seen from them before in terms of defence. The other team then, Aberystwyth, they're still they're one point behind the top six. They're kind of creeping up slowly, Jordan. Um, do you think that they can be a top six team? Yeah, at the start of the season, I said 
they could be in the top six. And like you said, they're kind of creeping up in there. I think it's just kind of like what they're missing out on at the moment is perhaps just get, getting a few wins together and solidifying their place, really. It's a case of in some games, they go behind and then there's an uphill battle. Or, for example, they went toe-to-toe with the New Saints a few weeks ago. So it's just about putting a few wins together and then that confidence comes with that. This is a good squad. And they keep adding to that squad with these new kind of players now as well. Etchegoen playing his first game on Friday and then other players joining as well. That's, those are international players who represent their country. So it just shows that they're buying into this Aberystwyth new way of life now as well. So definitely you can see a top six finish from Aber. On Etchegoen, I think um, as can be expected from somebody coming into the league possibly on his debut, I think he, he started slowly, but after the first 10 minutes, I thought he was really good actually. And yeah, he was he was definitely sitting in front of the defence, involved in a lot, controlling quite a lot of the play um, as the game went on. I think Carab would have had one of the signings of the season, really, in, in Paolo Mendes. What a player, you know. And I, I watched them against Newtown. Um, might have been the second game of the season. Yeah, He just battered Newtown on his own. He was phenomenal. He was so good, and he's just everywhere. He's full of energy. He's got a great engine. He's big. He's aggressive. He's got a good passing range. He can shoot. He can just do a bit of everything. And and you know, Aberystwyth are obviously doing are doing great as well. And they they signed well and they've brought in all these players and so on. But surely they could have kept someone like him because he's such a good talent and a, and a, a very good player. Um, and yeah, with the players they've brought in there as well, obviously over the last couple of weeks in Carnarvon. It'll be interesting to see what they're like after, uh, after well, I say after, after the fire break. Now that we get back going again properly, um, and get a few runs a game, a few games under their belt, because uh, I'm, I'm sure it'll be interesting to see. Moving on to Saturday, there was a postponed game: uh, Druids versus Halford West. Druids, after we spoke to Bruno Lopez uh, last week, another. Uh, game lost. They remain bottom, but two games in hand now after, after another postponement uh, over those above them. Five points from safety, so still a lot to play for. Um, they've suffered more than anyone from a stop-start opening to the season. Uh, can you see them moving up the table, uh, Jamie, as, as they start getting those games played? They remind me a lot of Sanesi um, when, when they came up uh, couple of years ago now that you know in terms of the style of play they're trying to implement and maybe not necessarily having the I don't know if it's the personnel or if it's the the time yet to learn it or because you know let's let's remember a lot of these teams are still technically in what would normally be a pre-season for them because it's been they haven't had that time to prepare on the training field because of one thing or another um I like the manager. I, I, I think he's uh, I think he's got great ideas from what I've seen of how he's trying to get them to play. But I, I watched them against Connors Key about a month, maybe six weeks ago now, when it was it was a five nil game in the end. I think it could have been five in the first half and ten by the end because they were just getting trapped in the way they were playing. You know, they they weren't able to get out in in the way they wanted to. They weren't able to play through the way they wanted to. And I think in those situations, you obviously have to have a, an alternative, and they don't have that yet. Um, when they do. You know, does that does that require new personnel to enable it, or does that require a change of tactic from the manager? I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, that's not my expertise, unfortunately. But I think if if they start getting things right, you know, in terms of their tactics and their setup, then yeah, they've got the talent to climb the table for sure. 
there's a really entertaining game at Park Latham, Newtown Flint. And this was what we classed as a, a basement battle, wasn't it? Because they were equal on points in 10th and 11th. Uh, Flint, the visitors, actually opened the scoring with Callum Brackley scoring in his second game in a row. Although that last game he scored was uh, the one you and me, Jamie, were at how many weeks ago before the fire break. Neil Mitchell equalised for the home side, so it was uh, one all at half time. Flint again took the lead uh, through Richie Folks after 55 minutes, but then two goals in two minutes from Nick Rushton and Tyrone Ofori gave Newtown a lead that they've, well, a win that they've been waiting quite a long time for a, a, a good run. Uh, Jordan, is this going to be them now? Is this off the mark? Yeah, I, I do feel that that win has come when I spoke about how important it is is that they've been described as slow starters before and now they they got a win under their belt and now they want to go on with that. It's more the case for Flint now is that that's a long streak of losses for them now and it's, it's them that will be dwelling on that result. Newtown, they'll be high of spirits. They have Barry on the weekend and that's a place where they've had results before. So it's just a case of now, it, it seemed like it worked for Newtown on that day, even when they fell behind twice, they still had that battling spirit. And that's what we know from Newtown, is that Newtown are a club that just goes under the radar, but then shows what they're made of when when it matters the most. And winning that basement battle now gives them a bit more confidence to beat the teams they shouldn't be beating, perhaps. Mm. Well, with three points for Newtown, moves them up to ninth in the table, and means that only two points now separate 10th and 6th. Jamie, are Newtown a top six team? They they were my pick at the beginning of the season. I mean, we all do these, don't we? We all think before the season <laughs> who's going to finish where. They were they were my pick to get into the top six alongside Penabont. Um, and then obviously they didn't have the best best of starts, I guess, in terms of the results they wanted. But you know, I think they've got a good continuity there from from previous years in terms of the group they have. But they've added well as well, you know. Uh, good young players, uh, players who are maybe not quite settled in other clubs, um, but Chris obviously feels like he can bring them to where he is and and bring them together in that way and, and develop something special. And you know, on paper, if if they can get together and perform to their potential as a group, there's a there's a very strong side there. Um, I think players like Jordan Evans, you know, your, your Jake Phillipses, you know, these signings that have come in. They're, they're, they're good players, you know, they're, they're, they've got quality, they've got good pedigree, whether it be at this level or at higher levels previously, you know, Jordan obviously being at Wrexham and, and Fulham and Oxford and, and so on. So, um, yeah, there, there's potential there. And I think string a few results together at the moment and you're going to jump quite a few places, aren't you? That's the way the league is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the top four are going to be the European teams. I think that's, that's you know, the, I mean, the previous summer's European teams, those four are going to be up there. And then after that, I think it's anyone's game for the time being. But I think Newtown will get there, yeah, definitely. Mm. And on, on Flint, that's uh, the seventh loss in a row, as Jordan was alluding to. You've seen one of those losses, Jamie. Are you surprised, especially with the signings that they did? They, they created a lot of hubbub about their uh, signings at the start of the season. Are you surprised that they're struggling? I didn't realise it was seven, actually. It's funny how quickly it, it mounts, isn't it? And... Uh, and Niall must be thinking the same, really, how, how quickly it's gone that way. Um, again, they're another team I saw in pre-season at their training session and, and so on. And, you know, they've, they've got the right attitude and, and so on there. But so much of succeeding as a promoted team is about experience. And, 
are they getting the most out of the experience they have at the moment? I don't know. I think they've been a bit unlucky with injuries as well. Obviously, uh, Nathan Craig is a very experienced player this level and he went off injured in, in that game we saw, didn't he, with a concussion or something like that. Um, but, you know, when you've got someone like Rob Hughes in your team as well, you can you can win a game in an instant. What a talent that guy is. You know, I think, um, I'm not sure if he's Welsh, but he's, a, or if he'd qualify for Wales but there's a, there's a potential call for you right there if he gets going. And uh, yeah, they've they've got it. They've got what they you know, like so many teams in the league, they've got what they need. But two teams have to two teams have to go down, don't they? And whichever two do, will be the ones that don't get it together quick enough. And hopefully, Flint do get it together quite quickly. Last game uh, we haven't discussed was uh, Bala versus Penabont. Uh, and this is another one we've had a recent uh, interview with a manager. Fries Griffiths was saying that Bala is the one team that's put them to the sword in every game they've played so far. And once again, like the home game this season, Penabon took the lead. It was Ben Amun, but Bala coming back, uh, two one goals, a Chris Venables penalty, making it 3 1 at half time, and a Will Evans goal, making it 4 1 final score, which makes it look bad. But um, I think Colin Caton and Fries Griffiths. Uh, admitting after the game that it was a flattering scoreline for Bala possibly because a lot of those goals came from er- silly errors and otherwise it would have been quite a, an equal game. Jamie, has Penabont surprised you with how much they pushed on from last season? Not really. Um, I think Reese is that kind of, kind of guy, you know. He wasn't going to settle for just staying where they were last season. And I guess because the, the campaign never finished, uh, last season, in terms of you know, it was it, it was concluded, but it, it it didn't reach its conclusion. If you like, I think Riesel maybe have had a point to prove in terms of bringing them to this season and saying, right, let's prove we belong here. You know that we didn't get lucky or anything like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but um, he was another guest I had on my podcast actually, and the the determination and the the drive in him, he's he's relentless. So no, I'm 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 not surprised at all that they they pushed on in the way they have. They've signed really really well. They've brought in great players. Uh, Miles Davis is very very exciting to watch. Um, he's chaotic, you know. He's all over the place. He's in a good way. He's a nuisance. He's he's got a lot of skill, and he just always seems to be in the right place. Uh, certainly for this team, anyway. And um, yeah, I think that I think they're doing great. And um, like I said, they were one of my picks at the start of the season to be in the top six. Jordan, do you, with the, the way that Bala just constantly beating Penbont, is as if it's almost psychological that they're beating them before going on the pitch. Is that, is that something you're picking up? It, the common theme is always that Penbont actually play well in these games or at least compete with Bala, but then it's just the result thing that, they, that kicks in. and it's, it's, just, it's just one of those things. It's a cliched thing, and it's like the usual football talk, but it, it generally is that it kind of like... Sometimes a player has a, a particular good day against a particular club. And it seems the case here is that Bala always seem to have Penabon's number and they always seem to get a victory in whatever manner, whatever performance, even if it's not going completely all the way, they still manage to get a result. And it, it, it could be a psychological thing. Not perhaps that they enter the field and they, and they feel it like they're already beaten. Penabon do take the lead in some of these games as well, but it's just a case of, Game management as such as well, because Panabon's team perhaps a little bit younger, they do have a bit more experience, they do have some experience, but I think Bala have those experienced players who know how to manage a game better. And some of the goals that 
and everyone can see it as what were just sloppy errors. And if you cut those out, it, it could have been a different story. I think with Bala, that you know, they're always one of those teams that you feel like there's more to come from, you know, and and that says something for them because they've always been so good. They've always been, you know, I know they didn't get into Europe uh, the year before last or summer before last, but you know. That's disappointing for them, and that shows how far they've come from. Remember where they were not so long ago. I know it is in football terms, maybe 10, 15 years is a long time, but for club development, it's it's not. It really isn't. So they've had an astronomical rise, and I think every season there's been an interview with somebody at Bala saying, oh, yeah, there's more to come from us on the pitch. There's more to come from us on the pitch. Well, the day that, that more comes is the day they win the title because they're so close now. So with the day they perform to the potential they think they have, you know, it's, it's firstly going to show something because they're already very good. But secondly, it speaks to the confidence they must have there in the group because if they don't think that this is their optimum, then how much do they believe they can achieve? And that that might come out in these situations when they're behind in games. You know, Will Evans said it a few weeks ago that they haven't peaked at all yet, but they managed to find the spirit they need to, to come back in these games. And because they do it so often, I think they've done it three or four times already this season, not maybe in the same manner as they did against Penabont, but or on two occasions even. But they've they've done it, you know, they've come from behind or they've fought from draws or to wins or whatever. They've turned those points around and they've got a history of it, let's be honest. On to next weekend, another postponement uh, with a live game, Penabont versus Canalvon being called off. I was due to be at Barry versus Newtown on Saturday, but I will no longer be needed as that will now be the live game on Scoriot. Uh, there are two games on the Friday, Aberystwyth versus Bala and Connors Key versus Druids. And the other games on Saturday being Cardiff Met versus TNS. And another game in South Wales, Haverford West versus Flint. We'll be hoping to avoid an eighth defeat in a row. Uh, Jordan, I don't think you are anywhere this weekend. Uh, no, no, can we plan anything for me this weekend? But I am off to the Welsh Premier Women's League match, Cardiff Metropolitan versus Aberystwyth. So, still covering it, and obviously we'll have Lewis and David at games this weekend as well in the south. All right, Jamie, are you going to be anywhere this weekend? No, I'll be watching from the warmth and comfort of my home on uh, on telly on Scoria, and also. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on the Cymru Football app, which I think has been a, a really good addition, actually, to uh, to the offering that is made for Welsh football fans. Um, it's only going to get better as well. I think it's, a, but I think it's a really handy tool. Certainly, been handy for me so far, anyway. It's been handy for me uh, going to uh, commentate on games as well. It's a good sneak peek on the on the old team sheet. Um, thank you, Jamie, for joining us. You've been a great guest. Uh, obviously, it's good to have people who know the league inside out. And then when they're not available, I turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank no, you, thank and you uh, hope to get you back on me. soon. Oh, yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. Great to see you all. And uh, thank you, Jordan. Thank As you always. very much. <laughs> <laughs> Diolch again to Jamie for making the time to talk to us. Diolch as always to Jordan. And of course, Diolch and Val to you, the listener. Jordan and I will be back next week to discuss another five Cymru Premier Games. But until then, Hoyle Vaur. <laughs>